Good morning. Thanks for being here today. It is a, I am so thankful for what God is doing. This is a party day and our students are involved and our older folks are involved and everyone has been involved and that's what, what's great. And so it's party, we're party. Oh, there's smiley faces on some of these balloons. That's nice. You didn't see that. I get to see that. Uh, and there, you, unless you have a latex uh, allergy, I apologize. Please join us online if you have a latex allergy and you're coming for the 11 o'clock service. Um, because there's balloons, balloons, balloons everywhere. There's balloons. I feel like George Costanza's mother, but there's no cake. We sat there like idiots with no cake. And so you have to have a, that's a Seinfeld reference, sorry. And so we're having this, it's just you and me and Jesus and balloons, and we're celebrating. We're celebrating uh, what God has done and where he has led us. When I uh, first started thinking about uh, this, of course, we didn't call it, I wasn't calling it Imagine way back then, didn't know, we didn't have a name, just knowing that we needed to do something for the future of our church, that we needed to start thinking long-term about the long-term health and, and how we are going to continue to minister in Flint. And so we started thinking about that, and then, you know, the pandemic hit, and you can't raise money in a pandemic, it's crazy, 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 and then a year ago, I was having a conversation with my friend who was, uh, had been a pastor of the largest Nazarene church in the country. His name is John. And so John and I were having this conversation and now he's, he's consulting with other churches. And he said, well, Rob, I think you, you can, you know, you can do it. And it's crazy. It's crazy. You can't raise you know, $3 million in a pandemic in Flint. That is just insane. Okay, I, I, I hope I can communicate that well enough. That is insane. And then his, so he got some of his friends and who are like money people. And they said, all right, if you're going to be crazy enough to try to raise, you know, over $3 million in pandemic in Flint, which is insane, then, then you need at least two people to give a half a million dollars each. So you need two people that will give, give a million dollars and then everybody else can give, you know, the two... 2 million, 2.4 million, whatever. And then that's the only way it's going to work. And I'm thinking, ah, I don't know that we, I don't know that that can work. I don't know that can work. And so we're praying about it. And and let me just say, before I give you any numbers, we didn't have anybody give half a million dollars. Our our largest gift was like a quarter of that. And so it's like, there's no way. But here's, here's the good thing. So we didn't have anybody riding in on a white horse. Here's the good thing. What we did have is a lot of people saying, yeah, I'm all in. A lot of people saying, our students, our students saying, count me in. Some of our old folks saying, count me in. Some of our folks that, I had one guy, I had one guy in my office just this week. And, and he said, said, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the, the, the imagine money now because I don't know if I'll even be here in two years. That's exactly what he said. He said, but I, I am so committed to, to what God is doing at Central Church. And so we don't have anyone like that. We have, a, we have a lot of people. I've told you, we've had people, our first, our online folks, we've had people give to the Imagine Campaign who have never set foot in our building, but have been joining us online week after week after week after week. In fact, I think this is true. I'm pretty sure this is true. The very first monetary gift for the campaign, the very first one, was from someone online who has never, ever, ever been in our church but watches us every week. And so that, and I've told you before, the pastors, the pastors are all in. The pastors have committed $160,000 to, 
to this uh, initiative, 160,000. None of our pastors are, are Joel Olstein. None of them own a yacht named Noah's Ark. And then we haven't found, we've been punching holes in all of our bathroom walls to see if there's $600,000 in there. Have you heard this? There, there isn't. There's no $600,000. And yet, people get you, okay, so I'll give you some numbers. You want some numbers. So I told you, everyone, everyone, everyone. 383 households participated. That's my favorite number. 383 households. And the total that was pledged is $3,169,169. As pretty awesome. In a pandemic, in Flint, it's crazy. And that's where we are. And so, uh, Tyler alluded to it. So we've already, some people have already started, you know, giving towards this. And, and last month, well, well let, me, let me step back. When I came here, when I arrived uh, eight years ago, our debt on this building was $6.25 million. And in the last year, well, let me, so last month people started giving. And so last month we put $300,000 over and above our mortgage on the debt. And just this week, we put another $350,000 on the mortgage over and above our mortgage. This year, from last February till now, last February till now, we've put $1.1 million over and above our mortgage on the debt. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're right at $2 million is what we owe, $2 million. And so we'll have that paid off with, through your faithfulness. We'll have that paid off um, again by the end of next year. And so then we can start investing. We've told you our mortgage payment. What we, well, it's not our payment. We overpay. We've been overpaying the whole time we've been here. And so what we pay is $612,000 a year. That's overpaying our mortgage, but that's what we pay. And so when this is cleared, then we'll be able to invest that much money into, you know, we'll, we have building issues, but we'll be able to invest um, money, much, much more money into missions than ever, ever, ever before. And so I say, praise the Lord. And some say, well, pastor, what, wasn't your goal 3.4 and you've got 3.169? What are you going to do? Listen, as Pastor John alluded to, I, I'm, I've twisted no arms to get us where we're at. I've, I've not, you know, put the screws to anybody, nothing like that. And I've just, we have said, you know, just listen to Jesus, do what he says. And so some folks, there's some folks I think, oh my goodness, you know, they haven't given, blah, blah, blah. I haven't made any calls. Hey, why me? Just this morning, this morning, before the service, I got a text from someone saying, hey, count, count our family in for $10,000 from someone who hadn't. And so you can still, that's why the pledge cards are still there. You can still give uh, and you can still make a pledge. Uh, we will, you know, we're going to be just fine. Um, some of that, that extra 3.4, that'll determine on how much we can do inside the building and what we're going to do. We think we're going to be able to cut some corners on the playground and the quicker, again, we get the debt taken care of, then the better we'll be and away we'll go. God is blessing. That's the bottom line. God is blessing in this place. And so, and I think Jesus loves a party. And so that's what today is. We've got balloons. We've got you. We've got me. We've got parties. Jesus loves a party. I know that Jesus loves a party because in Matthew 22, he was telling a story and he said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Sounds like a party, doesn't it? He provides a wedding banquet for his son. That the kingdom of heaven is like a party. 
In John chapter 12, that's when, when Jesus uh, had raised Lazarus from the dead and Mary and Martha and Lazarus are throwing a, you know, look what Jesus has done for me party. And the Bible says this, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. You know, I, I love that here where Jesus, you know, Lazarus just hanging out. He used to be dead. Now he's alive. And there was a dinner given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. And so Lazarus is there. I was dead. I was dead, dead, dead. Not dead, tired, really dead. And now here I am at the party. And this is when Mary comes in. Remember that story? She comes in and she breaks open the perfume jar and she pours it over Jesus' feet. She's so filled with gratitude that Jesus had raised her brother from the dead. That she just, you know, she pours it all out and Judas gets mad. What are you doing? Wasting that money? And, and the whole point of that is when Jesus has done something so great, our response is generosity. That's what's happening here. That's what we've been talking about in this Imagine Initiative. Our response to what Jesus has done is generosity. It happened in the Christmas story, right? The wise men see the star, follow the star, find Jesus. What do they do? The Bible says they worshiped him. And then what? Then they gave gold, frankincense, myrrh. The response to God's working, the response to God's power is generosity. So they're having this party, Lazarus and Mary and, and, and Martha and Jesus and everybody else. Look what Jesus has done. Woohoo! party time. And Jesus tells us that's the way it'll be. In fact, in heaven, we've read this passage plenty of times. Jesus said in, in Luke 15, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven. Party! Over one sinner who repents. When you came to know Jesus, there was a party in heaven. Woohoo! John tells us what that party is going to look like in Revelation chapter 7. I love this passage. There goes my commitment card. After, after I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. You know, when we pray we want God's kingdom to come in Flint as it is in heaven, that means it'll look a little bit like that. People from every tribe and language and people and whatever, everybody, all standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes. Don't worry if white isn't your color. It's okay, you know, it won't wash out. You'll be happy, you'll be happy. Wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Party! No, they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped God, saying, Party! No, amen, and praise, and glory, and wisdom, and thanks, and honor, and power, and strength to be to our God forever and ever. Party! Amen. That's what's going on. I think, I think God loves a party. I think Jesus loves a party. But I think Jesus would say this. He said, I love a party, but... And I'm excited what God has done. But... As Tyler reminded us, it's just the beginning. We're not the end. We're at the beginning. This, is, uh, this isn't like baby reveal day. You know, that's kind of the thing. You make a video, you reveal, you know, the gender of your baby... Uh, you know, we either have pink smoke or blue smoke or pink confetti or blue confetti or pink whatever, blue whatever. And that's a big deal, right, right, right. I kept hinting, neither of our boys, stinking rotten kids, neither of them have given us any grandkids. I kept hinting when they were home at Christmas, we'd go into a store and I'd pick up, you know, like an ornament, baby's first Christmas ornament. I'd say, boy, I sure hope I have to buy this next year. <laughs> I'm not very subtle. And so, hint, 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 you know, this isn't baby reveal day. I guess that would be when we 
you know, October 17th when we did the Imagine, when we started, when we announced what we, what we were doing. That was, I guess, the reveal day. This is more like baby day. This, that's what today is. It's, it's not my baby, not Rob's baby, not, it's our baby, it's Jesus' baby. It's baby day. I remember when uh, Alex was born in Bay City. We were living in Bad X at the time. And, and we decided to have, have Alex in Bay City because Carla was nervous about the little hospital in Bad Axe and she didn't know and she heard all these horror stories and so we decided, all right, Bay City, that's where we're going to go. The problem was, it's an hour drive from, from Bad Axe to Bay City. And so, you know, whatever, that's what we were going to do. And, and on October 22nd, 1991, at four o'clock in the morning, she woke me up and said, Rob, my water broke. Now, I don't know anything about anything but I don't even know how water breaks. But that's what she told me, and I figured that was serious. And so I, so I said, all right. And so I rushed into the bathroom. I took the quickest shower known to man, and I came back out. And, and, and Carla's still, still in bed. I said, baby, we got to go to the hospital. It's an hour drive, Bad X Bay City, hour drive. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And this is exactly what Carla said. She said, I cannot go to the hospital with dirty dishes in the sink. <sighs> So I ran downstairs, I did the dishes in the sink, you know, world record time. I'm sure they were not clean. I did them in, in world record time. I came back up to, to the bedroom. She's still in bed. She's still in bed. Her water broke. I think that's bad. Uh, she's still in bed. I said, I said, baby, I'm going to the hospital whether you're coming with me or not. And so we took off, you know, I'm driving as fast as I can. Now it's, you know, five in the morning. I'm driving as fast as I can to get to Bay City. I'm, I'm lying to her. The Lord has forgiven me since then. She's laying in the back of our car. Rob, you speeding? No, baby. I'm just, I'm just, we're just getting to the hospital. I'm driving as fast as I can to get to Bay City. I pull into Bay City. Her contractions were now about a minute and a half apart. I pull in. I run into the emergency room. I tell the nurse who's there. I said, my wife's having a baby. She's in the car. Her contractions are a minute and a half apart. She said, did you fill out the paperwork? I said, no, I did not. And she was really mad. And she said, you mean to tell me that that your wife's contractions are a minute and a half apart and you have not filled out the paperwork? I said, you have summed up the situation perfectly. She was not happy with that answer. You know, she started sending me and her and Carla went one way and I went the other way to fill out the paperwork and blah, blah, blah. And Alex, he didn't want to come yet anyway. He came like, I don't know. You know, six hours later, something like that. It's baby day! Hooray! That's what today is. It's baby day. It's the beginning day. Not the end day, the beginning day. I, I guess maybe this is a dumb question for moms. Why, why are you so excited when baby day comes? You know, that, that kid has done nothing for you. You know, it's made you grow, made you walk funny, more waddle than walk, uh, uh, made you crave strange things. When Carla was pregnant with Alex, she craved uh, Edna Stickney's pickles. Edna Stickney was a lady in her church, uh, 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 Darlene Stevenson's mom, who attends here. Her mom made big jars of pickles, like half-gallon jars of pickles. And one day, Carla ate, this is no joke, she ate at least half, three-quarters of that jar of, of pickles in one setting. If you eat, you know... <sighs> A half a jar of pickles, big jar of pickles in one set. You're going to get sick. Guess what? She got sick. And she said to me, Rob, if I ever want to get pregnant again, remind me of this day. When we were talking about having been, I did not remind her of that day. I just, you know. But so, you know, kids, they make you sick. They, 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 they punch, they kick. They, you know, you, and then when they come out, 
Are they happy? No, they're not happy. They're screaming and crying. The room is too cold. The blanket is too scratchy. The nurse is too mean. It was probably the same nurse that I dealt with. You know, it's all those things. And are they thankful? No, no, no. Why don't they want to be with dad? He hasn't done anything for the last nine months. No, they want to be with you. And your body aches and your head pounds and all the rest. And yet the baby is here. And even though her face is all scrinkly and wrinkly and everything else, you think she's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You put her picture all over Facebook and you can't wait to tell everybody. Why? Because she's, she's you, right? Your flesh. Your, your blood. She's you. And I think, in many ways, that's the way Jesus looks at us. We are his. And I think even through this whole, whole initiative, this, again, it's not... My day, it's our day, it's Jesus' day. This is his but, but, but. It's just the beginning. And when the baby comes, you know, there's still work to be done. You still got to train him and teach him how to talk and walk and crawl and, you know, eventually drive a car and mow your grass, you know, and all the things that we have kids for. It's baby, it's the beginning. It kind of reminds me of um, Nehemiah's story. You remember Nehemiah, the Reader's Digest story of Nehemiah is that he was the cupbearer to the king, the Persian king, and he goes back to Jerusalem. And what the people of Jerusalem couldn't do for 100 years, Nehemiah does in 52 days. In fact, and so you would think that would be the baby day, right? Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Belul in 52 days. Woohoo! And so you would think that then that would be the end of the book. You know, Nehemiah 6.16, the end. But that's, that's not the end of the book. Getting the walls up was just step one. You know, uh, presenting Imagine was step one. Maybe make, giving pledges was step two. Uh, get, get, starting to... to, to to be generous and, and give of your resources, that's maybe step three. But we're, we're at the beginning steps. We're at the crawling steps. And if you flip the page in Nehemiah, you see, see, that's where Nehemiah was. Verse four says, now the city, the walls were built. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it. There's a word for a city that's large and spacious with few people in it. That word is ghost town. It was a ghost town. And if you've seen any westerns, you know ghost towns. That's no good. The tumbleweeds is flying through, and that's no good. That's no good. That's no good. So Nehemiah knew that they had to repopulate the city. In chapters 8 and 9, people have come back, and they're starting to have a... Literally, it's a camp meeting. People are camping out, and they're hearing the law read for the very, very first time. Imagine that, hearing the Bible read for the first time. It hadn't been read publicly 200 years. And now it's been read. This is, this is what chapter 8 says, verse 5. Ezra opened the book, and all the people could see him because he was standing above them as he opened it. And the people all stood up, and Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen, and they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 8. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, the teachers of the law, the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words. They were hearing. They were hearing. We had been slaves. We had been homeless. And God rescued us and redeemed us. They were hearing all this. And they're weeping. They're weeping. They're weeping. 
In verse 10, Nehemiah says, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. He's saying, Rejoice! But we still got work to do. Rejoice! Go home and celebrate. Rejoice! Let it be a party. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you remember that? Did you sing that song in Sunday school? The joy of the Lord is our Do you remember that? When, we were, when I was doing the after school club, we sang that song. We, you know, we, we taught them that song, except we told them they had to sing it opera style. So we made them do this, and they had to lift their hands up like this. And we say, the joy of the Lord is like, like we were in the opera. And then, and then we had to make them do this, uh, like they were WWE you know, wrestlers. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That, that's what we made them do. The point of all that is we need to rejoice in what God has done for sure. But we need to realize that we are just at the beginning steps. And the goal, the goal of this whole deal is not just to renovate some nurseries. It's not, it's not for better signs. It's not for building a playground. It's not even to eliminate the debt. Those are all wonderful, wonderful things. The goal of this is to see people find Jesus. And the people that we don't know find Jesus. Families come in drop their children off in the nursery and it's nice and up to date and they feel comfortable there. But our goal isn't to build a nice nursery for nice nursery's sake. Our goal is that then those children will grow up in that nursery and hear about Jesus from Pastor Wendy and then Pastor Janet and the moms and dads will come in here and they'll hear about Jesus and their family will be transformed. That's the goal. Or the goal is when we get this building paid off and we start investing more and more and more into mission, that we've invested in mission. Yes, 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 of course. We want to help people. We want to feed the hungry and and take care of the the poor, do all the things that Jesus said to do. But the goal is that then they'll come to know Jesus. That's always the goal. Keep our eyes on Jesus. See, Nehemiah, he tried to tell him, the folks that in in 8 and 9, keep your eyes on God Almighty. And if you know the book of Nehemiah, you know it doesn't really end well. They pr- make promises. Yeah, 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 we're going to do it. We're going to sign us up. And then when you get to Nehemiah 13, they don't, they don't, they don't. That can't be us. Throughout this Imagine campaign, even when it's all done in two years, and the building is paid off, and the nurseries are done, and the park is there, and we're starting to invest in, in mission like greater, greater, greater than ever before, the goal, the goal is to keep our eyes on Jesus and to see people come to know Jesus. That's why we are here. We can never forget that. That's why we are here, so that people will know Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's why we want to have a future. Why do we want to, why was I so worried about, about, about getting rid of that? We need to have a future. Why? Because people we haven't met yet don't know Jesus. We need this more now than ever. People need to know Jesus. So today it's Celebrate Day. Woohoo! Look what God has done day. $3.169,169 pledged. Praise the Lord in a pandemic in Flint. Praise the Lord. But we got to keep on going. Keep, keep, keep on going. Nate's going to come out. We're going to sing another song. And then, and then when, are we going to see, oh, a video? We've got one more video. The best video. Watch this video. She does a great job explaining it.
Well, when we first came to Central, we came to hide and also to heal. And um, we showed up and sat in the back. But within these walls, we found a group of people that really loved God and loved others. It was very important for us that a church reach out to the community and not just be so focused on themselves. And so that's what we have always looked for that in the church. And so we were able to see that here at Central when the Imagine campaign came out. We knew that this was something that we wanted to be a part of. So Mike and I prayed about it. And one of the things that um, we prayed was that God would give us a, a number. I had a number in my mind. And then my dear frugal husband, we talked about it and he, I asked him to give his number first and he greatly exceeded all of my expectations by doubling the number that I had picked. We know that God uh, provided those funds for us and that he is able and will continue to provide those funds for us. Our church is very mission-minded and that mission means far more than just Africa, that it means uh, our church too. And that's why we'll probably never use the Playscape um, we probably won't need the nursery renovations, and our grandkids are even too old for that. But um, I like the fact that we are reaching out into the community and allowing others um, to use those things. Paying the debt down is probably the most important for us, simply because uh, that means that the church is now able to reach out into the community more. We like the fact that the old and the young um, connect together. I think every person needs to realize that each person should have a part in this, whether it be 50 cents a week or $100 a week, it doesn't make any difference. Um, I think it's important that for each person to be involved and, and have a part in it because then it's your church. Just as we each have a part and we use our talents and our gifts, he needs our service, but he also needs our, um, our monetary gifts also. I wanted Linda to end it because she, I mean, she recapped my whole sermon for crying out loud. You know, we need everybody, everybody participating. It's not about us. It's about people we haven't known. Praise the Lord.